Okay, we're back. This is another episode of Talking Balls. I'm your host, Connor. And thanks for tuning in this week. We're back from Christmas and we're back from week 16 of the NFL. So we're here to let you know what's going on. Um, other than that, not too much on the episode today. We're going to talk about NFL uh, week 17. There are a handful of games with some playoff implications, as you guys are well aware. So we're going to be talking about all of that. Um, but first and foremost, again, hope everybody had a great Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Hanukkah, whatever holiday that you celebrate this time of year. I hope it was good. Hope you spent a lot of time with friends and family. That's what it's all about. And that's really the most important thing this time of year is spending that quality time. Second most important thing this time of year is listening to me give my soapbox about fantasy football one last time because I am officially eliminated. The second and last remaining team that I had in the playoffs was eliminated in the semifinals, and it was pure and total pain. Allow me to walk you through it if you don't mind. <clears throat> so round two of the playoffs, uh, this is a two-quarterback, 10-man league. And I'm looking pretty good. I got Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback one. I got Jared Goff as my quarterback two. Kamara as my running back. Stefan Diggs as my wide receiver one. And Keenan Allen wide receiver two. And I have Travis Etienne on the flex. So I have players. And everything's looking good. I'm going against the number one team in the league. He's projected like 20 more points than me. He's supposed to blow me out, this and that, whatever. Fast forward to Sunday. Uh, I wake up, or actually it was Saturday, I think, because they moved the games for Christmas. But Woke up Saturday, and for whatever reason, I decided to pick up the Lions defense. And I have the Patriots defense, which all year has been the number one defense, I think, since September. Uh, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of, lot of fumble recoveries, a lot of interceptions, a lot of sacks, which is what you want in fantasy from a defense. So they've been plug and play for me all year. Haven't thought twice about even their matchup. Even when they go against the Bills, I slide them in there, no problem. They still get me 10 points. For some reason, Woke up on Saturday and I was like, shit, they're playing Joe B and the Bengals. I got to get them out of there. And for some reason, I thought the Lions were a better play against the Panthers. The Lions literally did not do shit, but give up points. They gave up 37 points, no sacks, no interceptions, no fumbles, no touchdowns. Got me negative 10 points. Patriots, on the other hand, had a great day. Scored a defensive touchdown, I believe, on a pick six. Wound up getting 11 points. So allow me to do the math for you. Negative 10 to positive 11. 21 point swing. Okay. Let's take a look at the scoreboard, shall we? Two, two low scoring outputs for both teams. The winner had 123.14. I wound up with 117.06. Okay. And even with that bonehead error of making that defensive switch, I still had a chance on Monday night. I had Michael Pittman, I had Keenan Allen. I needed them for 36 points to secure my dub and move me to the chip. And Michael Pittman and the Colts are fucking trash. They can't move the football. They couldn't even get, they, they, they just, nothing productive came from that side of the ball from the Colts. And it just was so infuriating to watch. And it was even worse. It was like putting salt in the wound because I had that defense on the bench sitting there staring me in the face. And you're welcome for opening that can of worms again, because I was in pain and I had gotten over it. And now almost a week later, I'm in pain all over again. So send your condolences in the DM. Send them in my personal uh, personal text if you have my number because well wishes are needed. But allow me to say this. I had one of the worst drafts 
that I've ever had in my entire life in terms of how the guys panned out. Let's go back to week one real quick. One of my leagues, this is like, you can't make this shit up how bad it was. Trey Lance as my quarterback. He was gone week two with an ACL injury. Cam Akers as my RB two. He was dog shit until like the past couple of weeks. So right there, uh, my first, I think two of my first six or seven picks, absolute dog shit. Alvin Kamara, my first rounder. I bitched about him before on here. He hasn't done shit all year. He was terrible. He was more like an RB2, even flex the entire year. So that was a dud. The only good player I had was Stefan Diggs and wound up trading him away. And I got ripped in that deal. Mike Gesicki with Miami was an absolute shit show, uh, kind of like Dawson Knox. Should not have drafted him, but of course I did. AJ Dillon had a good first week, but after that, they stopped using him until a few weeks ago. I don't know what happened there. So that was a dud. Darnell Mooney, another dud. Uh, Chase Edmonds, a dud. So, I mean, these are all guys I drafted on one team, mind you. All right. So I did this across four leagues. It was a tough year. I will be so back next year. Have no fear and have no doubt about it. All right. For those of you who made it to the fantasy chip, congratulations. Okay. Um, you managed well, whether you drafted well and the players panned out or you made good moves in free agency, picking players up, or you made some trades, whatever it was, you managed your way to the finals. Congratulations. For all the scumbags at home that think I haven't been to a fantasy chip, that's false. I have. I've been to, I think, two or three. I've won two of them. So um, all the haters can back up. I do know what I'm doing. Just an off year and a uh, little setback for a uh, major comeback. Okay. We'll be back 2023. Okay. Moving right along, let's jump into the NFL slate. Told you we got a handful of games that mean something to a lot of people. Um, so I'm here to give you the sharp picks here, all right? Maybe they're not the sharp picks, but to me, they are. Here we go. First game, Bears and Lions. Bears are visiting the Lions in Detroit. Uh, Bears come in as a six-point underdog, okay? Minus 250 on the money line for the Lions. Over under, I had seen it at 52. I'm looking at it right now, 53 points, uh, I believe. <clears throat> yes, it is. It is the highest over under on the board this week. Um, let me get right to it. Here's one pick. I got three picks in this game. When I first saw the lines, I saw it so clearly. And I have, I have some trends I'll talk to you guys about that. I absolutely love. Um, saw this game so clearly when I first saw the slate, it's going to be an over. Okay. I don't know if we're going to go to overtime and need this over, um, but it's an overplay here. Take it 52 points. I think both teams are going to score. The bears are due for a bounce back. They're due for a cover. And at the same time, the lions need this game to keep their playoff hopes alive. So the theme of a lot of my picks this week are going to be desperation, which teams are desperate, which teams have to get into the playoffs, which teams need to win to get into the playoffs. So that's what I got my eye on. First one is the Lions. Um, I love the money line here. Okay, so there's the second pick. Lions money line. I don't think there's any way that they lose this game. I really think that they have to have this game for their season to still be alive. I'm pretty sure if they lose, they're toast. So the Lions need it. They're a desperate program. Give me them on the money line and give me the over 52 points. However, last play, three picks, one game, starting off with a banger. Bears plus six. I think they're going to cover. Um, the Bears are three, one, and one against the spread in their last five games, allowing more than 150 rushing yards. They are three and seven against the spread in their last 10 games on field turf. We're fading that trend, by the way. And they are three, one, and one against the spread in their last 15 games, or I'm sorry, last five games after scoring less than 15 points in their previous game. So 
the Bears are due to have a bounce back competitive performance. The Bears are due for a cover. I like them to cover. I like the Lions to win this game, and I like the over of 52 points. There it is. Look, I don't know if I'm going to see another game as clear as I just saw that one. So if you want to hang up right now, be my guest. Get rich with those three picks. Everyone else who's still on, let's move on to the next game. We got Dolphins and Patriots, and this one's really interesting. Um, just it, just following the Dolphins all season long, they, they truly have been a roller coaster uh, every every which way imaginable. So they're an eight and seven program going into the Patriots. Patriots are seven and eight. Both teams are fighting for their playoff lives. Okay, they're hanging by a thread. And look, Dolphins. They're fighting an uphill battle here. They don't have their quarterback, Tua. Not like he's been lighting it up anyway. Um, speculation is he had a concussion last week. Maybe that's why he played like dog shit in the fourth quarter. I don't know what it is, how many more excuses. And I'm not saying, you know, a concussion is a legitimate excuse. But at what point do we say he just can't stay healthy? Or maybe he's not a good quarterback. Maybe he isn't the long-term solution to this team. I don't know. Maybe that's an overreaction. Because at times this year, we all saw it. He was MVP conversation. And he had this offense and this team looking like legit Super Bowl contenders. As of right now, coming at eight and seven, Teddy Bridgewater is getting the start in a game that they absolutely must have. Anytime you go into New England and face Bill Belichick and the Patriots, it's not fun. When the Patriots have something to play for in December, it's even more so not fun. Um, look, both teams are really going to be scratching and clawing here. Both teams need this win. The line sits right now, I believe two and a half points for the Patriots at home. And um, I got to be honest with you. I don't know who's going to win this game. I really think the Dolphins have to win. Uh, if they don't win this week, they definitely, they're in the shitter. They're going to have to beat New York Jets in week 18, a team that they already lost to previously in the year. So again, if, if I'm staying with the desperation and the team that I think really needs the win more, it's the Dolphins. So there's that. But at the same time, this program has not looked like a program that makes me comfortable picking them uh, to bet. So I'm going to stay away from the spread in this game. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It scares the living shit out of me, as it should for you. Instead, uh, I'm taking the under. With that, kind of leads me to think that New England's going to win the game. I don't know if Miami's going to put up many points with Teddy Bridgewater. I do think the New England defense is going to is going to get after him frequent, early and often. and it's going to be tough for the Dolphins to squeak this one out. Give me the under, uh, staying away from the outcome of the game because it scares the living shit out of me. And I like the, the under rather. I like the under because in a division game, December, uh, backup quarterback for Miami, things just aren't clicking for the Dolphins. The offense isn't firing like it was on all cylinders. In the last four head-to-head -head meetings, the points total has surpassed 41 points just one time. That was week 18 of the 2021 season. It was a 33-24 win by Miami, which probably was an irrelevant win for them. Um, the other three most recent matchups resulted in point totals of 27, 33, and 34. So it's a hot streak right now. You could fade it if you want to, but I think it's still, uh, still going to hit. I'm riding the hot wave here. Give me the under 41 points. And uh, hopefully the Dolphins can be competitive as the playoffs are rapidly approaching. Next game, New York football Giants taking on the Indianapolis Colts at home, coming in as five and a half point favorites in a game that obviously they should win. They're, they proved to us last week against the Vikings. Shout out where they at. 
the Vikings. They proved to us that they are a legit playoff program in this league. Um, the Vikings played a good game. They won it when they had to, but the Giants did give them a, a one too many opportunities. And the Vikings did what good teams do when presented with those opportunities as they capitalized. So the Giants, though, they could have won the game. In my eyes as a fan, obviously, they fucking should have won the game. But uh, they come in against the Colts. The Colts just an absolute dumpster fire. Jeff Saturday, I believe he won the first game that he coached. Straight nosedive since then. They can't score points. They can't move the ball. They've tried three different quarterbacks. No one knows what to do. Uh, they're done. They're toast. They are part of the dog shit program of the NFL at this point in the season. And I do believe that the Giants are going to cover this game uh, at five and a half points. I think we need it. This is kind of like, to me, a matchup where we're going to play longest yard and the Giants are the guards and the Colts are the prisoners, except for the guards are actually going to kick the shit out of the prisoners like they're supposed to. And the, the mean machine is not going to win. Um, so a little bit of the longest yard here. This is a playoff tune up in my eyes for the Giants. I need to see good defense. I need to see that Colt offense stutter like they did last week. I need to see Daniel Jones making good decisions with the football, not turning it over with interceptions, not turning it over with fumbles, being reckless when he's running. And I would love to see Saquon Barkley have another 100-yard rushing performance, a couple catches out of the backfield. And uh, let's get Kayvon Thibodeau in the backfield of, of, uh, of the Colts. Get him a few sacks. Let's get pressure, all right? I want to shut down the run game of Indianapolis. Give me the Giants all the way, minus five points, official pick here. For the playoff tune-up, the Colts, yeah, I mean, they're just a bad program. They're in one of the worst free falls that we've seen of any program in the entire league. They're 2-5-1 and one over the last eight games. Um, I'm sorry. The Colts have lost five consecutive and eight of nine overall. Although the Giants have been struggling in, over the last eight weeks, they're 2-5-1 and one themselves. Uh, they are. They had a win a couple weeks ago, which was a great win against the Commanders in a game that they really needed against a division opponent. Um, and last week, again, like we said, they were competitive against the Vikings. Could have, should have won. It is what it is. Uh, I do believe if we see the Vikings again, we clean up the penalties and we clean up the drops that the wide receivers have. I believe we had five or six drops that game. The Giants will take down the Vikings, even if it's in Minnesota. It doesn't matter. I love the Giants to go in there. They're a playoff tough football team. And uh we're getting primed this week. All right, next game on the docket. Not to brag, gonna toot my own horn a little bit. Um, last week I told you guys that the Bucks and the Cards game, the Bucks should not be favored. I think they were seven and a half point favorites, even against a third string quarterback in Arizona. There's no way that they should be seven and a half point favorites against anybody in the league. Now, the game is the Bucks at home against the Panthers. Bucks are four point favorites now. Uh, look. I don't know where the line comes from, to be honest with you. Both teams are equally desperate. The Panthers are not out of it yet. If the Panthers do win this game, both teams will leave the field with a record of seven and nine tied for the lead in the division. Oh, I'm not sure about the tiebreaker, but look, the Bucks with four points, basically more than a field goal. They need a touchdown to cover that spread. Uh, um, I don't think they're there yet. We see them winning by field goals, even losing outright as favorites all the time. The Panthers, look, they're not dead. People wrote them off. They're not dead yet. So give me plus four with the Panthers on this game. Uh, the Bucks might win, sure, but I don't think it's more than a field goal, more than three points. The Panthers are going to cover here. And look, they just lit up the scoreboard for, I think, 500-something total yards of offense. 
34, 37 points against 37 points, even because again, I picked up the Lions defense. I should know 37 points allowed negative 10 fantasy points. Um, so the Panthers, I guess, have sort of found a groove on offense. Um, and the Buccaneers have never had a groove on offense this year and their defense, which was a Super Bowl caliber defense has not been that way this year. So I'm scared like shit to take the Bucs. I've got burned many times this year. I think three, four, maybe five times they've burned me. Tom Brady's still kissing his son. Uh, Panthers plus four to the bank. It's really not that hard. Um, look, would I rather take a struggling Buck offense or a young, loose Carolina Panthers team with a bunch of guys who are basically playing with their D&Bs out, uh, D&Bs, dick and balls, I'm taking the team with the D and B out every single time. Give me the Panthers. The Bucks are dead. Plus four points. It's easy. All right, let's take a break real quick in the middle. Um, thank you guys for listening to the episode. I really do appreciate it. Um, any other topics that you want us to touch on, please let us know. I'd be more than happy to do different topics uh, other than the NFL, obviously, other than college basketball, other than MLB. Really, anything you want to hear our take on, let us know. We'll be happy to talk about it. Um, but again, like and subscribe the video. Like and subscribe. Subscribe and like the video, please. Um, you're doing me a huge favor by doing this. If you don't have a YouTube account, do me two favors. Make the YouTube account, then like and subscribe. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram. It's at Talking Balls Pod on Instagram, as well as on TikTok. And... Each week, if you guys don't know, we do post our full card of picks for the NFL on our Instagram profile, and as well as we do single out for three to four best bets every single week, which we post on our TikTok. Um, so the best bets and all of that stuff, as well as the full card, can be found on our social media. Full videos are always up on YouTube for you guys to what? That's right, to like and subscribe. Very good. We did a little door explorer there. I love it. And I appreciate the sport thus far. And let's keep this thing rolling right to the moon, baby. Next game, Browns and Commanders. Pretty shitty matchup. Uh, Commanders, pretty much the only team here with anything to do with the playoffs. I don't believe the Browns are still in it. Uh, Washington needs a win. They, they, they find themselves hanging on to that final playoff spot, that seven seed in the NFC. Commanders at home, seven, seven, and one against the Browns team, six and nine. Two-point favorites. Uh, commanders are four and zero against the spread against or versus a team with a losing record. They are 11, five and two in their last 18 games after allowing more than 350 total yards in their previous game. And this is actually what I love about the commanders here. A bunch of fade trends. Are you guys ready for this? Take note commanders one in five against the spread in their last six games following an against the spread loss. Last week, they got absolutely demolished by the Niners, 37 to 20. So they weren't even close to covering. Commanders are one in five against the spread in their last six games in week 17. I love that so much. It's a new year. It's a new week 17. Commanders are one in six in their last seven games after allowing more than 150 rushing yards in their previous game. And finally, the commanders are one in seven and fuck the last stat. You already get the point. The commanders are trash following a loss in the month of December and in week 17. Fade everything I just told you. Take the commanders minus two to the bank. I do think the Browns are going to be good next year once Deshaun Watson has a full offseason 
a full training camp to practice with his teammates, I think the Browns will compete for that division next year. But right now, uh, they're a toast program. They're done. See you later. Um, and I love the Commanders. This is my personal best bet of the week. Put my name on it. Commanders minus two. I love them. Uh, one note on the Commanders, though, one thing that is making me a little hesitant, a little bit shaky about it. Ron Rivera clearly does not listen to this podcast. Um, kind of scum of him. we got to get someone to get him to listen to this podcast. He is switching quarterbacks again, going back to Carson Wentz. Um, and I get it. You know, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They need a spark. They need a win. But at some point, when are you going to hand the keys over to one of these guys and make them feel secure in their position? I do think that plays a role in that locker room. The fact that Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke keep flip-flopping back and forth. They can't get comfortable in their role. Um, but this is kind of what the commanders have been doing the past two, three, four years. It's nothing new to them. It's nothing new to me. Um, and here they are again about to sneak into the playoffs and uh, possibly give their first round opponent a run for their money like they usually do. Um, I love a minus two. I don't think that's enough points. I think the Browns offense is not clicking so far with Deshaun Watson. He just he looks very rusty. He's not the Deshaun Watson that we saw in Houston just yet, although I do think he will come back. Uh, it's the commies here. It's the Redcoats and Ron Rivera and his indecisiveness at quarterback. We're rolling with it all. Um, still a dog shit program, but in this matchup, let's roll with the commies minus two. Okay, this next game is really interesting. Uh, told you the theme is desperation. This game oozes and fucking reeks desperation. It's the Jets at seven and eight visiting the Seattle Seahawks also at seven and eight. The Jets come in as one and a half point favorites on the road. Mike White is coming back from rib injury after he got absolutely lit up a couple of weeks ago, I think, against the Bills. I mean, shout out to Mike White for taking those hits. I don't know how he stayed in the game and even finished the game. He was he he probably couldn't even breathe, man. So toughness points through the roof for him. Um, I love the Jets in this game. I think they are an overall better program, although they have been sliding just like the Seahawks have. I think the Seahawks slide is a little bit more true. Uh, I think the Seahawks are just not that good of a program. They got off to a really hot start and we've seen them fizzle out kind of to where, you know, they kind of where they should be based on the players that they have and their expectations. Um, they had a nice run. I don't know if they're getting in the playoffs anymore, but it was fun to watch them in the beginning of the year. Give me the Jets here. Uh, I think the AFC teams bring a different level of toughness, uh, even though they're going across country to the West Coast. I don't usually like that. I love Mike White. I love Garrett Wilson on the outside. They have Zonovan, uh, Zonovan Wilson, I believe, as a running back. And, you know, they have Elijah Moore. They have a lot of weapons. And that defense is still there, okay? Robert Sala, 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 whatever his name is, still gets the boys riled up just like he did in week one, week two. Um, and I believe they are going to be ready for this game. They're going to be ready for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. So first play in the game was Jets minus one and a half. I think that one is is pretty good. I think the Jets are going to win this game, even though I don't know how many points are going to be scored. The under has been a steady winner for the Jets all season. Six of their past seven games after a straight up loss by more than 14 points, the under has hit. Um, frequent changes at quarterback from between Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, even and Mike White have resulted in, in kind of a stagnant and a stuttering offense at times through the season. But I kind of like the over in this game. I won't front with you guys. 42 and a half points I'm seeing here. Buy it down to 42. We hate the hooks, especially over-unders. Hate over-under bets. But 
I do think the Seahawks are going to put up points and be competitive in this game, but two points is not a lot anyway. So even if it's a tie game late, late in the fourth quarter, the Jets could put together a field goal winning drive. I've still covered the spread for everybody and we go home happy. Um, I think that's how it's going to play out. Could get into like the 20s, maybe a 28, 25, maybe a 30 point shootout with these two teams. Uh, I do think the Jets against all odds are going to bounce back on offense and put up some points for us to see on Sunday. So with that, Mike White, minus one and a half, over 42, 42 points. Take it to the bank, parlay it up. The Jets need it. Uh, and then we have a nice showdown with Miami next week after the Jets take care of business this week. Okay, two more games on the docket. Not too bad. Here we go. First one is Steelers and Ravens. And look, Steelers and Ravens, 7-8 and eight for the Steelers, 10-5 and five for the Ravens. Ravens come in as two-point favorites at home Sunday night football. Um, I love the Steelers here. Okay, I absolutely love them. I think Kenny Pickett is due to show the league what he can be, um, at least give us a glimpse of what he he his potential is in this league. Um, they have weapons. They have Najee Harris. They have Pat Fryermuth. They have George Pickens. They have Deontay Johnson. So they have a slew of op- offensive weapons for Kenny Pickett. Um, Kenny kind of put it all together at the end of the year and show the Steelers and everybody that they have something moving forward. Um, I think they can. They're plus two underdog, uh, plus two underdogs right now against the Ravens. Um, I think they're fighting for their lives as well. The Ravens are hanging on without Lamar Jackson as of right now, but they can't afford too many losses either. With all of that being said about Pittsburgh and how much I love them, came across a little nugget here, and I just can't in good conscience, give Pittsburgh out as a play to you guys. Listen to this shit. According to WinBet, okay, more than 72% of tickets are on Pittsburgh as a road underdog. And this is the real kicker. 94% of the handle is also riding on Pittsburgh and the extra points as an underdog. Uh, do I think Vegas is going to let us and everybody have one? Absolutely not. I do not think so. If they do, I'll be on the losing side of it. Give me the Ravens minus two at home. I think uh, Vegas is begging you to take the Steelers here. I do feel like that's the sucker bet in this game. Uh, Leading me to kind of believe that this might be a a game where the Ravens pull it out and cover and win. Um, Vegas steals everybody's money. And this is kind of a game where we look like, okay, Kenny Pickett looked good, but he's still a year or so away from being that guy that can take the Steelers to the playoffs Give me the Ravens minus two based strictly off the fact that the public is absolutely hamming Pittsburgh. I'm staying away from y'all in the public. I'm going with the Ravens at home Sunday night football. Oh, I lied. I lied right to your face and I'm so sorry. It's not two more games. It's three. But right now, now it's two more games. Here we go. Vikings and Packers. Vikings coming in as plus three underdogs going into Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Now, the Packers just came off a really nice win in Miami uh, on Christmas. They beat Tua, picked him off three straight times in the fourth quarter. It was absolutely crazy. It's like, Tua, who are you throwing the fucking ball to, bro? What's good? We later found out he probably had a concussion. Maybe that's why he was throwing the ball so crazy. Maybe not. Maybe he's just a bad quarterback. Who knows? Time will tell. Uh, but they come in as three-point favorites. Vegas giving them a lot of respect at home, giving Aaron Rodgers a lot of respect uh, as the proven playoff quarterback that he is in this league so the Vikings have their work cut out for them look they've been underdogs basically the the entire month or so I think the previous four weeks 
been a part of whack lines. How is a 12 and three program, three point underdogs against the Packers seven and eight? I don't know. Uh, the Vikings can afford a loss here. Okay. So it wouldn't be the worst thing if they do lose, uh, but they could really also use a win given the fact that the Eagles lost last week. Um, and they also do not have Jalen hurts again this week. So if the saints could somehow pull up that pull off that upset against the Eagles and the Vikings could win this, there would be a tie at, at top the NFC for the number one seed. And the number one seed is very important for both teams, especially the Eagles, given that Hertz is injured right now. But both teams want that bye week. You want that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It's crucial. It's crucial to have your own fans behind you and not have to worry about noise levels and things like that when you're trying to operate your offense. Uh, the Vikings did look good last week. They pulled out that win against New York. Uh, as much credit as I give New York, being a good football team, being a legitimate playoff contender. All that being said, I have to give credit to the Vikings because they beat a team that I think is a playoff contender. I, I know we have a good defense. I know we're tough as nails at times. Um, and, you know, when the Giants, uh, the Giants went down in the fourth quarter, you know, people were saying to me, oh, the game's over, game's over. Saquon came back with that 20-yard touchdown. The Vikings could have folded, sent the game to overtime. Instead, you know, the kicker, I believe my dad was saying the kicker, uh, has made every single kick inside 50 yards this year, but he has not made one over 50 yards all year. So, of course, what does he do? He bangs a 61-yarder right through the uprights, beats the Giants. So, Vikings, look, everything everything is feeling good for the Vikings. They're coming off a win at home, although they have to go to Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's really the only thing. Aaron Rodgers, they looked good last week offensively and defensively, but they're so hot and cold as a program this year. It's tough for me to sit here and say Packers minus three is a mortal lock. I don't think it is. It's going to be a competitive and interesting game. Um, so let me tell you one more thing before we let, before I let you go. Christian Watson, book him for a touchdown. He's getting in the end zone. Aaron Rodgers loves this kid. When they get to the red zone, uh, he looks for him, okay? And he might even, it, he might pop the top off the defense with the Vikings because they've been known to give up big plays all year. Watson, the big play threat, um, he's going to rip one off. I think he's good for getting in the end zone. I don't know who's who's winning this game. I don't know the spread call, unfortunately. I can't give that to you guys, but Vikings and Packers, it's going to be really fun. If the Vikings do win this one, uh, it will be impressive because the Packers are rolling and their playoff hopes are still alive as well. The ultimate desperate team at home. Um, and again, coming off a, a game where they held down Miami offense after the first half, I don't think Miami scored in the second half. So Packers defense clamped down. Um, it's going to be a fun one in green Bay, pay attention to it. And we'll be back next week. Okay. Last game, Monday night football. They gave us an absolute treat. Okay. Happy new year, Buffalo bills going into Cincinnati to face Joe Burrow and the Bengals bills. They are 7-2-1 against the spread in their last 10 games on field turf. They are 3-1-1 against the spread in their last five games in Week 17. Okay, here's some more for you, though. The Bills, 1-4 against the spread this year against a team with a winning record. The Bengals are covered lords in the NFL, number one team against the spread in all of the league, all of the land. Cincinnati Bengals cover lords. Bills are one and four against the spread in their last five games, following an against the spread win, which they had last week. The Bills are two and five in the last seven games, following a straight up win. So the Bills hate to cover. Okay, although they're a good program, I'm not sold on Josh Allen. I don't like 
the way he handles the football in the fourth quarter. I think he's too lackadaisical, too many turnovers. Yes, he has some good plays, game tying, field goal drives, that type of stuff. But I've seen enough between him, Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Uh, I like Burrow a lot more as a playoff quarterback to lead their team to the Super Bowl. And I'm not shying away from the Bengals again. Give me the Bengals at home. Right now, I'm looking at it plus one and a half point favor or underdogs, rather. Uh, I love it. You got to take the Bengals. It might be a sucker bet. All right. But I love the Bengals here to cover. I think they're going to win the game straight up. And the Bengals are just a program. I said it last week and I'll say it again. You don't want to play him. You don't want to play Joe Burrow. Okay. Joe Mixon came out and said it today. And he's right. He said, we are big dog in the AFC. And I think he has a reason, a, a reason to say that. Um, Patty Mahomes knows Bengals have their number. Bills don't want to see the Bengals. And really after that, no team looks like they can, they can be a match for the Cincinnati Bengals. The defense is coming along. The offense, we know it can be electric and put up points, but they can also grind you and run and ground and pound you into, the, into a, a slow-paced game. So to me, the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the most complete programs in the entire league, right next to the San Francisco 49ers. I love the Bengals. Don't overthink it here. Josh Allen's great, but Joe Burrow's better plus one and a half points to the bank. And that's really all I have to say. Happy Monday Night Football. Happy New Year to everybody at home. Thank you for watching. I appreciate it. Everyone be safe what you're doing. Okay, no drinking and driving. There's Ubers and Lyfts and there's everything out there. There's no reason to be drinking and driving. Um, if you need a call, don't call me because my car is not big enough, but call an Uber, call a Lyft, call a friend, call somebody. And everyone be safe and have fun. And we will see you next year <laughs> in 2023. The first episode of Talking Balls 2023 coming next week. But that's it for this week. Again, Talking Balls live from the sack, week 17, episode 17, the week of desperation. We're signing off. We'll see you, Rich, next week. Thank you. <laughs>